Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast. We've got Cameron Kinghorn on the show today. Cameron is a vocalist, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, and composer. He's one half of King Perry, an indie band with funk and soul influences. King Perry boasts more than 54,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and recently finished opening for Dessa on a run of shows, and they have a tour now coming up, right? March, April, May. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Woo! Cameron was uh, also the lead singer of Nookie Jones, a popular neo-soul group out of Minneapolis, of which I was also a member. Uh, he plays with or has played trumpet in a number of bands, including Black Market Brass, a potent Afrobeat group. Uh, he's played trumpet in my orchestra as well, was featured a vocalist and collaborator alongside Toki Wright on a piece called Our Death Under Your Pillow that came out on my Magnificent Madness album. And if we bring it way, way back, Cameron and I were both students at the University of Minnesota in the late 2000s, early 2010s. I'm so pumped to hear his perspective on navigating the new music economy, his recent move to L.A., and to learn more about all the great things he has going with King Perry. Please welcome to the podcast, Cameron King <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, hey, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? What's what's this? Tell me about the space that you're in. You, you, you have like a place where you record vocals and, and other stuff? Yeah, yep. So this is, uh, this is, yeah, it's my studio, you know? Yeah, that's... That is what it is. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is where I record um, a lot of the vocals for King Perry stuff. Um, I've done some trumpet stuff in here too. And then I do like all of my teaching out of here as well. Wow, cool. Um, and uh, you can't see it, but it's like studio, bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all kind of right here. But I, uh, yeah, when we first got here we were trying to uh my partner ella and i were trying to figure out um the right setup because basically like this is like the garage of the house and then there's a unit kind of below the main part so that's all connected Mm -hmm. so that's our unit and then there's like an upstairs as well and so we were just trying to figure out like how can we use this space best um and the garage sounded terrible like if you clap you know so many reflections it was awful and i was like oh well this this is like the best space for me to set up but it sounds terrible so i uh purchased a ton of moving blankets so that's what's like hanging on up the walls everywhere. and on the ceiling yeah and then i created like you can't really see it but this is like a you could maybe hear that but it's uh, i heard it yeah yeah this it's like a curtain so i can shut this cool and so it turns this into basically like a booth like a sound booth nice. and it sounds pretty good so yeah that's great anyway that's where i'm at yeah that's awesome man that's really cool so you're you're sharing the house with a a bunch of other people you're renting with other people as well uh yeah so we rent with um so joe who's the other half king perry uh and then uh our really good friend josh holmgren used to live here um but josh is tour managing for dessa uh, oh, cool! Or sorry, so he's <laughs> not tremendous. He's music directing for Dessa. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yep. And um, so he's been on the road. He basically hasn't lived here for like six months, and then he just moved out on Monday, which was sad. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah, we all moved out here together in November of 2020. Cool. Mm-hmm. November of 2020. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, so I guess I want to talk about this. <laughs> Um, at some point, but uh, yeah. but how like how did the tours with Dessa go? That you did three shows with her, is that right? Mm-hmm. Were yep. you double dipping and like 
also playing in her band or was it just King Perry opening? So uh, I sat in with her on a couple songs. I played trumpet on one and sang on another one. Um, but it was mostly just King Perry opening. Um, yeah, and so we played up in San Francisco and then we played in Santa Cruz. So it was my first time. I'd never been to Santa Cruz before. Yeah. Um, so we played in Santa Cruz and then we played in LA uh, as the last show of the tour. And yeah, it was awesome. It was super fun. Uh, it's like so much I could say about everything about that entire experience. Um, and so much to say about like Dessa and her, her like work ethic. And also like, I don't know. I had a lot of thinking time kind of on the, on the trip, but, um, yeah, it was kind of a cool opportunity to like, think about like what my relationship has been like with her and mm-hmm. I think part of it too is like I had some memory that came across probably Facebook and I think it was like from five or six years ago and it was like the first orchestra show that I did with right. her and then I was like, oh my God, it's been like six, five or six years since we first did that together and since then there's been a ton and obviously like the last couple of years have been unreal. Um, yep. But um, yeah, so anyway, just I, I just had a lot of opportunity to kind of reflect on um, what kind of like our relationship and what it's meant and like the way that she operates. Um, cause like basically for me is like the way I think about it is like, I, I met her through, uh, the new standards. Yep. Um, and which is an awesome trio based out of the twin cities, uh, that does, um, these big holiday shows every year, which I've done now for the last six years again, like six or seven years. And um, Dessa was a guest and it was like the first year that they had me sing because the first year I just played trumpet and they didn't know I was a vocalist. Yeah. And it's the second year I sang and Dessa was a guest on the show and she came up to me and was like, hey, like I'm doing this thing with the Minnesota Orchestra. Like, do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, what? Like, uh, yeah. Also like, nice to like meet you. I guess, nice whatever, nice you know? to meet you. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, since then it's just like, you know, it's, I, I've had a chance. I obviously had an opportunity to work with a lot of different artists and, uh, I really look up to her in a lot of ways. Um, and especially like, the way that she treats the people that she's around or the people she's working with. Yeah. Um, and the way that she interacts and like, it's essentially felt like our relationship has been like, like, Hey, can you do these really cool things? And if you can't, if you're not available to do something or if something changes for you, that's totally cool. Um, and, uh, Josh was mentioning that she'd, uh, cause she does a lot of like lectures and stuff and like while they're on the road and there's something that she had said about, um, she has a philosophy that's like about like, is, is if I'm asking someone to enter into something, is it mutually beneficial? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that that's like something that she like, you know, lives by or like tells other people. Sure. <laughs> but like, that's super obvious, like in everything that she does, like, it's like, um, you know, hey, can you do this? If not, that's totally cool. And like, um, you know, so like, for like, so like, can you do the orchestra thing? Okay, cool. And then like, from there, it's just like, 
throwing opportunities, you know, like, Hey, like you guys want to open for me? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's just felt like it's like, you know, mutually beneficial, but also it's just like, you know, she didn't have to reach out to me in the first place, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, what's her, and, what's her musical process like? Uh, when you're working with her or like when you did the Minnesota Orchestra stuff, was it collaborative with the the background singers? Were parts pretty much there from recordings and you were learning parts? How did that stuff work? Yeah, so that was, um, there There were parts. It wasn't, so, okay. The vocal arrangements were a combination of some stuff that Dessa had done and then stuff that Abby Wolf did. Oh, okay. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I would say it was collaborative in the sense of like, again, like, you know, coming to the table, like, hey, here's the parts, like, you know, open to feedback. Right. Um, you feel parts, comfortable enough to speak up if there's something that you feel strongly about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, um, it's basically, it's, yeah, it's just like this mutual respect of like, she asked me or whoever else, you know, Ashley DeBose or Matthew Santos um, to be a part of it for a reason because she respects our opinion. Yeah. Um, and respects us as musicians. So it's, it's, it goes beyond like, Hey, just do the part, you know, it's, it's always checking in. Like, is this okay? Is it, you know, um, is there anything that needs to be changed? Like, what are you hearing? Do you like, do you think this, sh- you know, what's your opinion? Do you think it should be different? Um, yeah, so that's kind of how the process was. And it's interesting because, um, again, I I have so much that I could say about all of this, uh, uh, about Dessa's arrangements, about Abby Wolf's arrangements. Um, and the interesting thing is they, um, neither of them reads music. Um, Abby... I guess I don't know Dessa's musical background, like, you know, like through high school as much, but I know that Abby uh, was a percussionist through high school. Hmm. Um, And so she used to read music um, and just like hasn't had to for years. And so doesn't really have the, um, you know, like the the quick recall with it. Right. Um, But her... Okay, so she has her own, both of them, and I think kind of they use sort of a similar notation style um, that is like on the lyric sheet and it like is shapes, like melodic shapes, essentially. Um, And like color coded. So like, you know, like if like I might be blue and you might be red or whatever, you know, like, and then like they're, they move together and then it shows like, you know, if there's like this part goes up, you know, then the part goes up. Um, it's really cool, really cool to see, uh, how they do that. Um, but I always notate all of my parts, which hmm. they think is, they get a, a big <laughs> kick out of it. Cause they're sure. like, uh, like I just have like my, my entire book of all of Dessa's stuff or all of Abby's stuff. Like it's all notated. And wow. so they like, <laughs> they like, like to look at it and be like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing. Cool. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's like mostly they do the parts um and then it'll be like this notation way that they have with the lyrics uh like on the lyric sheet 
Um, and then they also send references that are super clear. So it's like, they both do it the same way. It'll be like, I have my part, like, like one of the parts where it's like my part's super loud at the middle. Yep. And then like everything else is quiet. And then there's like, each person has their own that's like that. Yep. And then like, they'll even duck the audio, like yep. when your entrance is coming up, right? Like they'll duck the background audio. Yeah, so Youngblood really... does stuff like that too. There's oh, nice MIDI stuff where it's like your part's mm-hmm. louder than everybody else. Yeah, yep, yep. And then they like pan, like when it's like all the parts are in there. It'll be like so it usually be like Matthew and I to the right, and Abby and uh, Ashley to the left. Yeah. Um. So super clear, like everything that you need to learn the parts. Um. Cool. Yeah. So what do you guys when when you're opening for? any band really but like on these tours on these shows are you thinking are you being intentional about trying to turn Dessa fans into King Perry fans apart from like obviously putting on a great show is a huge part of that uh, but is there anything that you're doing like collecting emails like suggesting people find you on a certain platform are you trying to build on a certain platform in particular or is it just like we just got to go out and play some great shows and people will like us and that's what it is um <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of both. It's tough, man. It's like, it's funny. I feel like Joe and I are both kind of like, you know, like like the label, like every time the label mentions like TikTok, you know, and I'm like, yep. I feel like I'm like losing my mind. <laughs> like, but I get it. You know, I get it. It's go where, yeah. go where the people are, right? I mean, it's the, that's what musicians have always done. It's like, mm-hmm. you go where the people are. And if the people are on TikTok, I like, I don't use TikTok a lot, uh, but I did join it not long mm-hmm. ago just to be like, okay, you know, it was like a mm-hmm. year ago. <laughs> it's yeah, December yeah. 2020. I was like, what's going on mm-hmm. with this thing? Yeah. Well, and I, I, I avoided it forever. Cause I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. And yeah. then I got on it and then I was like, okay, this actually is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Uh, like it's, so massive and then it's like just such a huge like it's like there's so much information that's mm-hmm. shared through it yeah in like a pretty creative way you know yeah um, I, I think it's cool I, I actually enjoyed sifting through it when i first joined uh after i tricked the algorithm to stop showing me things that are like totally inappropriate they're like like at first it's just like inappropriate 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 i'm like god i can't look at this like (laughs) i can't be around my students and pull up tiktok like yeah this if this stuff comes up Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah i mean the the duet feature so Mm -hmm. cool man just to be able to grab somebody's video and play along like i was doing that a bunch Mm -hmm. yeah yep um but anyway yeah to, to answer your question about like the overall like i feel like for us and we've talked about it. It's like, it's as far as like the live thing goes, it's like more important to us that like people see it and want to see it again. Yeah. That's like the most important thing. Um, as far as like, you know, like during the show, or whatever, like I'm not, I don't usually do a lot of like trying to direct people to specific social media stuff. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I don't, okay, so like like the show, making sure the show is the thing um, is hu- hugely important for both of us. And we both have like a lot of experience previously, you know, like through Nookie Jones and through Foe of having projects that were like very invested in the live thing. 
Yep. Um, and so for both of us, it's, it's really important. And it's also like, there's a little bit of a shift. Um, and it's interesting because like we can do the show as a duo, which we did for this run, or we can do it with a band and sure, yeah. we've done both. And I feel like there's benefits, uh, to both, like both of them can benefit, but to us, it's like important that like, if someone sees the band, you know, like, cause both of us, like live drums, you know, it's hard to replace live drums. Yeah, totally. But we want to do the duo thing in a way so that people hear it. Cause like we're using drum machines. So it's like, okay, like how can we make the drum machine feel, you know, full enough or feel like you're not missing something because yep. you don't have live drums. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I, I feel like the live show making sure that people come out has been the most important and then for us like most of our social media uh interaction has been through instagram Mm -hmm. um we both kind of gave up on facebook yeah like during the pandemic like personally i did you know outside of like occasionally posting about music stuff uh or during like the uprising in minneapolis it was kind of an important time to be on there to communicate things but um yeah, otherwise it's just kind of fell out. I don't know. Like I I feel like part of it was like Instagram started to take off a little bit for us because uh we did an ad mm-hmm. early on. I have a question about the I have a question about this ad on my list of questions because okay. we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Um yeah, so basically, and I don't know, you know, obviously this is for the podcast. I don't know how much I've told you about it, but um, basically, so King King Perry had like no listeners, you know, under a thousand for sure. Like yeah, hardly any at all. We put out one song, Sunshine, Summer 2019. No Which one had now really has heard 1. it. 1.3 million. Yeah streams on spotify not to spoil alert everything you're about to say but yeah no no yeah it's yeah which again all all of this stuff i'm so stoked that we're talking because i have so much to say about all of it but um yeah we had like no listenership and we our first you know we played three shows our first show was opening for kamasi washington uh, kamasi washington in the main room whoa um which uh, just a quick thing about that was basically like how does that happen yeah so we we sent, uh, I think it was James, well, one of the people at First Ave, uh, we sent them the Sunshine music video and we're just like, hey, we just put this song out. This is a new project. We just want to let you know that this exists. Like this is like going to be a thing that both of us are going to start doing. Wow. And like if you have anyone that, you know, that it would be a good fit for us to open up for, like let us know. And we, you know, both of us individually had good relationships with the club and with the the bookers there through previous projects and like whatever and so we sent that email and then they checked it out like oh this is awesome like super into it we'll let you know and then like a couple days later they're like hey do you guys want to open for kamasi washington in like a week (laughs) in like a week and it's like how many songs did you have at that time we had three songs wow done that we could perform (laughs) We had put out one song and we didn't have a band. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have a band. It was just Joe and me. And so we were like... So, of course, you said yes. 
Yeah, I was like, we can't say no to this. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up doing like Joe did. He had this band called Duffel. Yeah. Um, and they played for like 15 minutes and then we went up. Then I came and joined them for like three King Perry songs. Okay. Um, cool. Which turned out and it was super fun. So it's funny. That, that was our first show. Then we played a couple of 7th Street Entry shows. The second of which was on like March 7th or something of 2020. Yeah. So was, that was the last thing I did before that, everything shut down. You sold that out, right? Did you sell that out? Uh, yeah, it was a sold out show. We opened for this, uh, I don't remember what they were called. Oh, yeah. I can't, it was like a brass band. Oh, Maybe okay. Lucky Chops or something. Oh, yeah. Lucky Chops. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, anyway, so that's like, so we'd played three shows total, right? It's like yeah, other projects, like years and years of stuff. We played three total shows and then the pandemic happened. So then it was like, ah, uh, and then we're like, we're working on this album and we're both super stoked about the music and, uh, and then the pandemic happened. So it's like a huge, like wind out of your sails. So yeah. And I, I just I don't want to I don't want to completely blow by that you sent a random email to a club and then got <laughs> offered an opening spot for Kamasi Washington. So for our listeners who I imagine will be like budding professionals, young musicians, mm-hmm. you know, cultivating those club relationships is huge, right? Like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you sent an email and you had a relationship already. Uh, so you know, sh- proving that you're a reliable human that you're able to bring in an audience when you put on a show and then continuing to cultivate those relationships can, can lead to pretty ridiculous opportunities. Even when you've just started a new project uh, and haven't even played a show yet. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like the, you know, years it took years of trust building Yeah. Yeah. to be able to get to the point. Yeah. It's like if, if this, if King Perry was just a new project and we didn't have that established with the club, like, you know, That's, that doesn't happen. E- even if they were into, like, they might have been like, "Oh, this is cool." They yeah. definitely would not have asked us to open for Kamasi Washington. There's no right. way. Like, um, so yeah, it's. I, I think that's hugely important. Like, and that you know, not only for the project, but like individually as a as a musician, like. Uh, I think about this all the time. I was just having a conversation with someone about this recently, but like how, yeah, like your, the way that you carry yourself, your reputation, same with like, yeah, again, like talking about with Dessa, right? It's like, if, so she asked me to be a part of it and I feel like par- probably, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with like, I had been working with Abby already for like a year. Yeah. And she probably, I'm sure she talked to Abby and was, and Abby was probably like, Hey, like, yes, you should ask him to do this, you know? Right. Like, um, yeah, it's the relationships. It's so important. Yeah. Huge. Like that's most, you know, so much of, of what this whole thing is, is establishing these relationships and then like, yeah, making sure you're reliable. Yeah. And that people talk about that and want like, they with everybody you, you work with, right? It's like with everybody you work with. Because mm-hmm. you never you never know what kind of opportunity can come up. I hear so many people telling, now that I've been talking to so many artists on the podcast, it's like I hear so many stories about, I met this person and then eight years later, they're the reason why I got the gig with so-and-so, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
they hadn't talked in eight years, but it was like that person was on the back of their mind because they had this one great experience with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that's, uh, you know, it takes time for these, for your relationships to kind of blossom as well. It takes time for people's careers to develop. And so yeah. you can stay in the game and you can have, you know, positive relationships with people. It's like you can make some shit happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, like you said, it, t- it can take, a, it, you know, it can take years. Um, but it's important. I think it's super important that, like consistently that you are considering that because you know there's a lot of talented people um some of which have a harder time you know whether or not you know they're you know they might not be not nice you know they might be super friendly they just have a hard time with the relationship side to the you know then there's also people that are you know (laughs) some of the coolest things i've done have you know there's like people that you work with and you're just like yeah never again like it's like supposed to be the coolest thing you know and it's like sure nope Nope. interesting do you want to shout anybody out in that context (laughs) i do not (laughs) no not come on cameron (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah and it's just like super important i and it's something i think about all the time because it's like again like you know people that like someone like dessa where it's like I have now performed on stage with the Minnesota Orchestra and Dessa four times, and yeah. I'm on an album that's pressed to vinyl that's yeah. with the Minnesota Orchestra. It's like incredible, <laughs> and it like couldn't have been cooler people and like really the beautiful people that lift each other up, and like that's all that's important, mm-hmm. you know. Like you don't have you you can operate you can choose to operate like that, or you can choose it not, and like yeah, there are p- successful people that do it both ways. But like, yeah, if you want, like, if you care about other people first, and then also if you care about what people think about you at all, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, Which is a double-edged important. sword. That could be a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. caring about what other people think. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you have to be careful about because yeah. caring too much can also, yeah. Could lead to self-doubt, right? Imposter yep. syndrome, all kinds yep. of stuff. That artists, yep. that lots of artists deal with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but um, yeah. Anyway, super quick to get the 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 the, the Instagram thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. this will be important. Yeah, because this is something. Like there are things that have happened through King Perry that it's like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that that was a thing that could happen. Yeah. So, uh, I was sitting. Probably in my early pandemic, you know, mid-May, like, I don't know what's going on. Everything's canceled. Uh, I have this new project, previous project that is ending, like, weirdness. And I remember I was just sitting and I was like, oh, we've never done an Instagram ad for King Perry. And... I was like, I don't know. Here's like like one of our posts that was like, I think it was specific, just about like Sunshine, like the music video. Yep. And it's a clip of the outro of the music video. Like the whole outro. So it's like a minute long. And I was like, I don't know. Why don't I throw like 30 bucks behind this? <laughs> Why not? You know, like, I don't know. And I was like, what should I put in the, uh, in the, as the targeted audience or whatever, like the, the demographics and all that. 
Like, I don't know. Uh, Tascam? Rolling papers? <laughs> like, animated cartoons? Lo-fi music? I don't know. Yeah. It was like, I think I chose, like, maybe like six to ten things. Yeah. That were just like, and literally it was like, I didn't spend a bunch of time researching, whatever, nothing. I was just like, I don't know. Plugged it in. <laughs> Immediately, we started getting tons of followers and like not like not fake ones like legitimate yeah yeah and then like also tons of people started commenting on the video like tons and i was like what is going on (laughs) and then our spotify listens started going up (laughs) yep and i was like what and this is like literally all like like did the ad and then like it started doing well so then we started feeding it more and then like we started to see like our instagram numbers go up and Spotify started to go up. Wow. And then through that, we started having people hit us up, like labels. No shit. We're reaching out. They were like, hey. So like the first one was this dude in Berlin who was like, hey, I'm starting a record label. Um, I used to, He used to work for, the, there's this um, playlist through uh, Spotify. It's called Majestic Casual. Hmm. And I think that they maybe have like a bigger reach outside of spotify but um he was like yeah i used to work for them but i want to start my own label and he was like yeah basically like i want you guys to like be the thing that kind of makes the label a cool thing like i want you guys to be the first thing on it wow whoa okay some random guy from berlin that's cool yep and anyway so he used to work for majestic casual and I, i don't know if we ever confirmed this through him but i'm this has to be like we got on the majestic, majestic casual playlist, oh. which has like half a million followers or something. So you ended up going with him, his new record label. No. Okay. No, no, no. So this is all. Wow. Again, this is all. Because I was gonna say, I was gonna have a thing. You know, I was gonna ask about how you because sh- you shopped that right. You sat on the record right mm-hmm. for a long time, and I remember you saying like, "I'm so excited about this music, and it feels weird to sit on it." Like. You were shopping it around to labels and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, because we finished it uh, before the pandemic, I think. Um, Or maybe like just during, like partway into the pandemic is when we finished it, but we had most of it done. Yeah. And anyway, so he was the first one to reach out. And we, yeah, we were like, okay, like this seems super cool. And then he got us on the playlist. So then that instantly, like instantly, rocketed our plays up so now all of a sudden we're getting like we went from having like under a thousand total plays to having thousands of plays a day on the song and it's a badass song by the way hey thank you thank you i like it yeah we're just gonna pause there for a sec to say that this podcast is brought to you by the gig boss app Jana and I created Gig Boss because we were leading our own groups, freelancing in others, touring, teaching private lessons, and doing freelance education work, all while raising our two boys. We needed a way to keep track of everything. Create a group, create an event, and start organizing the madness. Gig Boss app is free on iOS and Android. But yeah, so all of a sudden, it's like our, our plays rocketed up. And then like in conjunction with that, also like, our Instagram followers were going up too. And yeah, so then, so basically the way that that everything shook out with that label was like initially 
So like right away he was like, yeah, this is awesome. Great. Like, cool. Awesome. And then as we got to talking more, it was like, there were some things that he like wanted to like, it's like, for example, like the songs, like how they sounded. He was like, Hey, like, can we kind of like re mix some of these? And Joe and I, yeah, we were like, no. Yeah. Like, this is how we want it to sound. And it was funny because, and again, this dude is a super nice guy. So it's like, you know, no hard feelings at all. Um, but it was interesting. It's like, we got on this majestic casual playlist and like every song on that playlist sounds the same. You know what I mean? Uh. Like it's all like very similar, like kind of, uh, kind of like, like not lo-fi, like some stuff that like it's trying to sound lo-fi, but isn't like it has like, like a, like a very wide range in the sound, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, and like a lot of low end, you know, like this kind of like pop, like a lot of like, like new pop, but it's not like radio pop kind mm. of, um, anyway, but so it's like, you're hearing like all these songs. I remember the first time I checked out the playlist, I was like, huh? Cause it's like not music that I'm into. And I'm like, huh? And then all of a sudden our song came on and I was like, whoa, like it's like super mono and like, yep. I, like Joe, like the instrumental is like a little bit left to center, like for the whole song until the outro. <laughs> like, and again, like this is like the thing that I've done that is like by far the most listened to, like nothing comes close, right? Like yep. over a million plays and like. Like all these weird, like the song, like like literally, Joe and I talk about all the time. It's like this song never should have been made. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't make sense at all yep. that it came together. Like, like literally, like the instrumental is like on a loop pedal. Like you, there's no stems. Like he he looped it, and then like I remember watching him like doing punches, and it was like if he messes up the punch, like he has to rebuild the whole loop. Like it's like oh my god, none of it made any sense. <laughs> and we're on this playlist. There's like all this like kind of expensive sounding music and then all of a sudden our song comes up and it's like <laughs> no other song sounds like it and i'm like that's tight that's exactly what i want like i want people like the people who like that are going to be like this is what i want to be listening to yep and the people who don't i don't care yeah. like yeah i don't need them <laughs> like <laughs> i want people who want to be listening to my music to listen to my music and so yeah. um anyway so this all started happening and then so he was like this this label guy was like, um, yeah, like, you know, we're wondering if we can make some changes, whatever. And so we were like, absolutely not. Like, no. And so then the guy was like, all right, like, honestly, like, you got, like, because we were in a position was like, we had all the assets, like, everything's done. Like, we have music videos, we have yeah, the you're look, ready to go. everything's done. Yeah. And he was like, you know, like, you guys are in a position, like, we want to be able to, like, develop artists, and you guys are in a position that's like, like, you know what you want. And like, it I th- basically he was like, like, you guys should go with something that's like more established because like, um, like it just doesn't like it, it was starting, like it was starting to not make sense for us to work together. Yeah. Yeah. And what that took, you know, is like, and you know, I obviously like, this isn't my first project, so it's not like, and I'm coming at this from a place of like, I've had years of experience with projects 
and I'm in a position now where I'm like, like I said earlier, like if you like what I'm doing, awesome. Yeah. If you don't, that's okay. And like, like I like what I'm doing. And so to me, I was going to say that's also because you, you know, you making this move to King Perry was intentional, intentionally about you finding yourself right as an artist and like doing the music that you really wanted to, to create. So then it's like, that's an extra, like, I don't care if you don't like it. This is what I need to do. Right. Yeah, totally. But it took years. I mean, it took me years to get to that place. Yeah. And and, uh, like years of like feeling uncomfortable about certain things and then being like, like writing it off though, you know, which like seriously for the listeners, it's like figure that stuff out early. Like if you can figure that stuff out early on, like, and you know, everything's a journey. And then, you know, when I think about it, then I'm like, well, you know, like, King Perry happened when it happened and like it wouldn't have happened earlier. Yeah. Like for both of us. And like somehow it perfectly like the timing somehow. Um so the, you know that is what it is. Um but it is something I think about a lot is like like figure out like if you are trying to go into this thing to become an artist making original music like spend time figuring out what that means. Like, and like, what is that? What does, um, what does that look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Right? Like, um, and what is it, what is it in all these things like for you, you know? Yeah. Um, because if you're spending too much time doing, like trying to figure out like, what do other people want? And this is what we were talking about earlier. Like, caring too much about what other people think or what they want or what they like. Um, And again, this is like coming from like, if you are trying to do something as an original artist, right? Right. Not if you're there to lift someone else up, if you're there to like collaborate, if you're there to like do something with someone else, right? That's a whole different thing. Yep. Like you have to be thinking about other, like other people. But like if, if you are creating music, original music, like you are allowed that like that is what you are supposed to be doing is sure. creating something that is authentic and real to you right and like um and again like through the king perry thing like that like i that is i i feel very strongly it's like the song sunshine the reason why that song has done so well and why it's connected with people is because we created that thing like authentically and from like real experience. And also like we created it in a way that was like both, both of us doing, doing music the way that both of us want to be doing music. Yeah. And, um, and I, I feel certain that that's why that song and the sound and like the, by the project, like why people are continuing like you said, like we have whatever, 50 something thousand monthly listeners right now, yep. which is cr- like, you know, when I think about that, I'm like, that's so wild. Like, yeah. Not like every time I like look at in and, and you know, it's like, I'm in a position too. It's like, that's awesome. And also like, I want, I want more, I want more people to be li- listening. Sure. Um, but you know, sometimes you got to stop and be like, yeah, that's, that's a lot of people to be listening to your music. Like that's, you know, and then like if I log into Spotify art for artists or whatever, and it's like, whoa, there's like 30 people listening to 
my music right now or whatever like however many people it is at any moment it's like pretty cool like yeah uh and yeah i I, i've never had something that had this kind of listenership um and again yeah I, i feel very strongly that it has to do with like the way that we brought the music together um and and the two of us like it's like having fun like it's like like we're like in like the play place and it's like what like we're very like because we do everything ourselves super diy right so it's like yep uh again like i record my vocals in this little thing here i have my like two different Tascam mixers uh and an interface and yeah it's all i can take as much time as i want i'm not in the studio it's not like i don't feel like i'm wasting money at any point there's like zero pressure i can yep. go about this the way that i want like 100 yep. percent. yeah um yeah that home studio thing is such a game changer for new artists to, to really be up on that to be able to spend that time and not have to spend the money to be in a mm-hmm. space right i mean it's like it's awesome to be in a studio too i've always enjoyed that feeling but it's you know having for, for myself like and podcast listeners have heard me say this a whole bunch of times but i just started learning how to use daws a handful mm-hmm. of years ago six six years ago or so and so that has just unlocked this whole new world where people can be like, here's a track and you put horns on it. I'm like, bam, sure. And then mm-hmm. they can they can deal with the mixing and everything because that's not really my world, but I can make good sounds. I can record good sounds, capture them, balance them, send them off. I mean, that's like unlocked a whole world of stuff for me mm-hmm. that uh, I couldn't have done unless I had a, a home setup. Yep. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, and that's, yeah, like I would super encourage people like whatever you can do, you know, like get, get something, get an interface, even if it's a cheap one, get something and get some, you know, get some experience. Like, and especially, you know, if, if you're going to be, whether or not you're going to end up doing any kind of, you know, more full on recording, it's good to have experience and know how to do that. Yep. Um, and also like you were saying, like knowing how to get a sound, and a sound that you want, like before you go into a studio, I feel like it's super important that you like have some understanding, right? Cause it's like, you're going to be in the studio and then it's going to be like, how does this sound? How does that sound? And like, again, like if you have ownership over your thing, yep. then you should want to be making those decisions. You know, whether or not you can set up the microphone and get it routed, doesn't matter. But like, you should want to be able to be like, oh yeah, like I like this or I don't like this, and this is why. Totally. And Man, I, you I know, I, you- I have this memory of recording with Nookie Jones, where I was like, I definitely 100% want to record on a ribbon microphone because I had I had done everything on ribbons, and it was like that super loud high stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went and listened, and I was like, this doesn't sound right. I don't know why it doesn't sound right. I don't like how it sounds, you know. Mm-hmm. And he threw up a condenser, and we recorded both, and he flipped back and forth, and I went, oh. I actually like the large diaphragm condenser more on the in, in in my home studio. It's like I'm doing stuff that's not that's probably not as as doesn't have the same kind of velocity, right? Doesn't have mm-hmm. the same kind of volume. And with that crazy volume, it was like I liked the sound of the condenser more. And so if you know, whatever, knowing that now when I go into a studio, I'm like, let's just put up both, and then we can either blend them, or if it's something softer, I can use the ribbon. If it's something that's crazy loud and high, I can use the condenser. Right. Hmm. 
Right. Yeah. And it's like, but it's like, yeah, you had, like, you had that experience already. Like, you knew, like, oh, like, ribbon mic, you know, like, you knew that yeah. you like that sound. And then it's like, and like that, you know, it's like a general horn, like the ribbon mic thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, let's try it. And then it's like, okay, this isn't right. Yep. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, someone might just set up the ribbon mic and then you play into it and you hear it and you're like, this doesn't sound good, but you don't really know what to say. And then you maybe let it go. Yep. And then you have a recording that you can't listen to <laughs> for the rest of your life. Cause you're like, that sounds terrible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Man, this is great. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of things I want to ask about. Um, what was well, so talk a little more about shopping your record around to record labels? You, you know, it's like you, you, you didn't make it with this guy. You decided not to do this thing with this guy in, in Berlin. Uh, who did you end up finding? How did you find them? How many record labels did you talk to and shop it around with in the process? It was a long process, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's so, I would say it took like, oh, it's so wild to think back because I'm like, when did we finish it? And I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure we had it done before the pandemic. And we started working with a manager and he was, he just kept saying like, don't put it out. Hmm. Do not put this album out. Don't put it out. Because if you put it out, no one's going to hear it. Wow. And, you know, and we were like, oh, we want to put it out. He's like, don't put it out do not put it out <laughs> and i'm glad that we didn't put it out because if we would put it out in like early on in the pandemic or like the, yeah it just like it would have told like like just like this the single like it just you know there's a chance because sunshine was starting to get more plays you know like there would have been some organic some organic listenership possibly yeah but like there wouldn't have been any backing behind it at all at all and so yeah anyway so the, the berlin thing is like yeah this isn't gonna work out and joe reached out to this label called people's potential unlimited which is based out of washington dc they have a uh also like a record uh like they sell records to um it's also a label through this thing called a uh, ear cave hmm. um but so it's ppu and they're highly regarded like especially among like djs and like record collectors um uh super highly regarded so what this dude does is he mostly re-releases older like 70s 80s like r&b funk electronic music um stuff that's like super b-side but is dope so killer and like some of it's super lo-fi like yeah there's one that's like clearly like a cassette tape of this dude that's like these wild beats and this dude like rapping and it's clearly on cassette tape like yeah and it but it sounds so sick like i love it yep. so anyway joe just like sent him an, a message on instagram was like i probably won't hear anything from this dude and he was like i love this he's like this is one of the coolest things i've heard in years i want to be wow. a part of this and uh which was Super cool. And then around the same time, uh, Acrophase Records, which uh, were signed to, reached out to us on Instagram because one of their artists had posted an Instagram story with Sunshine in it. Wow. And they were like, what is this? So they hit us up and we're like, hey, we want to talk. And 
there was one other label to some dude uh, from somewhere in Europe that had hit us up about pressing uh, the EP on vinyl. Um, so anyway, we, we were talking with, with all these different people about things. and But we had also sent, we sent a ton of emails, like tons of cold call emails and heard back from some people. Some people didn't hear anything back from, heard back from some um, saying that they, like some of them weren't accepting stuff at the time or whatever yeah. um it was interesting so i don't know if do you know mac demarco mm, no so mac demarco is like very similar like lo-fi psychedelic uh he's more like the rock side of stuff um one of the most famous people for like the lo-fi bedroom like psychedelic yeah uh thing and he has a label and we sent them stuff like the sunshine video first and they were like super into it and like like it was like apparently his mom runs some of it which is like kind of hilarious it's like she had emailed us back and like we would always send stuff and they'd be like this is so great like keep sending us stuff like we're not putting out any like we're only releasing max music but like keep sending us stuff and whatever so that was kind of a funny like relationship like sure we would see that like yeah, anyway, so that that was kind of funny. But it anyway, also must so have we, felt um, good to get some validation maybe from some people too. Yeah, right? and, no, totally. And especially like from his team, you know, it was like, because you know, like you're sending out all these cold emails, which, you know, you can do. And it's, that's kind of part of it is like, you know, try that and see. Yeah. But like, you know, you don't really hear a lot of s- success stories of people like cold sending things to labels. Like most of it is, again, like it's like, someone that was on the label posted our thing on Instagram, right? right? Or someone else who's on the label is like, this band is super tight, right? And then it's like, yeah, like, like, like you know, an artist that the head of the label respects is like, you got to check these guys out, right? Like yep. that is how most things happen. It's um, a who, who you know kind of thing, right? No, to- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, Acrophase reached out to us and basically like what it came down to is like we were trying to work out a thing where it was like acrophase would handle all the digital ppu would handle the physical because ppu doesn't do like very much digital work Mm. um and the way the way that it has ended up shaking out is a little bit or not a little bit a very big bummer kind of kind of but um basically what happened is so ppu put out uh the song that we put out called come come inside is a 12 inch single yeah which is super sick. So we have that, which is awesome. Um, and sounds like very PPU, like, uh, which is, which is cool. Um, and they put that out. Uh, and then like a month after that, basically like he hit us up and was like, Hey guys, like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do the full length or do the EP anymore because, which maybe you heard about, uh, the, uh, vinyl got backed up. Like, Yes. Insane because big artists like Taylor Swift and others, not only the pandemic, but also because huge artists put in like swamped all of the pressing places. Yep. And so that screwed over indie artists all over the world, like totally. Wow. And so including this dude's label. So like he was like, yeah, like I think that I'm going to have to shift to not putting out new releases anymore he's been doing this for like since the 90s wow so we got 
on like right like it was basically like what it came down to is like when we first talked to him the first thing we should have done was been like let's do this ep on vinyl and that's the only like like let's get this in now because right. everything was done but we you know we did we didn't think that this was going to be a thing anyway so that happened yeah. which is a huge bummer um but we still put out the album uh, digitally with acrophase and we're in the process right now of kind of like figuring out like how can we now do um the epn vinyl which okay. is like tough and it's like after the release we're like this the backups again apparently like adele just put in a thing that Destroying backed everything up again yeah yeah so anyway so um that's kind of how everything shook out um label wise and yeah so we're, we're in a spot now like trying to figure out the physical um but we did we we like we put out some cassettes <laughs> and also ppu um helped us distribute the sunshine 45s that we made ourselves um and he distributed those like all over the world so wow, cool um which was which was super tight um so we'd like see him popping up like in japan and germany and um wow yeah which is cool so you moved to la middle of the pandemic pre-vaccine right like pre-vaccine you moved so that a must have been like super nerve-wracking you're picking up and you're moving to a new place in the middle of a pandemic there's no vaccine maybe you're super locked down before that uh you've experienced a sort of meteoric rise in the minneapolis scene up to that point so why i mean obviously it was a good move why up and bounce to la like what's going through your mind during that time yeah, so I had always told myself that I would not move to like LA or New York or something like that unless I had a reason. Hmm. Like, you know, like if it was like something was taking me there. And now that I live here, it's like that's not <laughs> that is not I, I would say to people <laughs> watching, I don't know that that, that, that f- I think was a little more out of like the security thing. And like, like I had a lot more s- stability in Minneapolis yeah. that I didn't want to let go of deeply. I didn't want to let go because as an artist, when you're making a living, it is constant that you're constantly worried about like, are we going to make, you know, like, Cause it's like at any point it could all like, as we all found out at any as point, we all found it out. can dry up immediately Yep, and it yep. can be completely out of your control. And so, yeah, that was like, I, I had told myself that all the time. It was like, I'm not going to do that. And you know, I always hear people like, Oh, I want to move to LA. And it's like, oh, why do you want to do that? And now that I live here, it's like almost the opposite. And I, you know, I wouldn't encourage, like, obviously I had something to move here for. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like anyone, no one here knew who we were outside of, there was like a handful of important people who knew who we were, which ended up turning into like a lot of things that are happening for us right now. Yep. Um, but like for the most part, people had no idea who we were. So it wasn't like we were moving here like, oh, everyone's going to be like, we love King Perry, like whatever. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, so, but the difference is opportunity. That's the difference. Yeah. You move here and the there is no ceiling really. It's just like 
like if you if things start to work in a certain way for you like like you can start to do some pretty cool things pretty quickly yeah um and things that like just literally could not have happened in minneapolis um what like and, what are what are some of those things that could not have happened in minneapolis yeah you, so i think like a big thing and you know like i love minneapolis and i i'm very grateful for everything that um uh, that happened for me there um and also like it it is very difficult like there isn't really an industry like like on the global sense or whatever yep like in minneapolis like you don't hear of like i think more and there's like a lot of younger groups that i think that are starting to do a little bit more of this but like you don't hear that often of like like minneapolis is a very like like local thing like they talk about you know it's like local and which is great like and it's like praised like these local artists right they use the word local a lot yep which i think is good and also like like yo like why can't we be talking about some of these things as national or international things yep right yep. and so the, again like there's a ceiling it's like you do s- so much and you keep hustling and then it's like okay i've done a lot of things but then it's like i moved to la and like so we live super close to stone Star records yeah um, and so basically like before we moved, we had through someone who was signed to Stone's that Joe had met, uh, when he was touring with Felvin Negroni, uh, opening for Tame Impala, cool. uh, which was super sick. And they did like Madison Square Garden and stuff. It's crazy. Um, they, Joe met this dude, uh, Chrome Canyon and he, uh, gave, Joe showed him the sunshine video and he was like, this is sick. I'm going to send this to peanut butter wolf. Who's the head of Sunstro?" And he was like, I've sent him stuff. He's never responded, but I'll try. He sent it to him and he responded and was like, wow, what is this? I want to know more about it. And so he was very not good at getting back to us, but like we were in an email thread with him. We're stoked. We're in this email thread with peanut butter wolf, the head of Sunstro records. It's crazy. Yep, yep. And so we like sent him a message. Didn't hear back. Didn't hear back for a while. And then like, Eventually, it was like, like a almost a year later after that. Like he had sent us one email, and then like we had emailed him, and they didn't hear anything. We're like, oh, okay, I guess whatever. And then like later, like almost a year later, he was like, "Hey guys, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry guys. <laughs> like it's been it's a like, few days since. Was, yeah, yeah. Sorry for the delay. We're like, Whoa, like he's back. <laughs> and so he he just sent us. He was like, hey, this like maybe unsolicited, whatever. And this was like. Again, like my timeline's all over the place, but uh, he was like, hey, like, you know, I have some notes about, like, just a couple unsolicited notes about, like, the thing. And he was like, song order. He was like, I, you know, I would do it this way. And then, like, one of the songs he wanted to hear the mix differently. Hmm. And then that was it. And then we're like, oh, cool. Like, thanks for the stuff. And it's like, like, do you like it enough yeah. <laughs> to put it out? Like, <laughs> uh, but we decided we were like, you know what? Like, what's more important to us is like, like, I want to just establish a, a relationship with him and like we had already started working on a full length and it was like if he's into the full length then we can talk yeah more about that at that point but at this point i just wanted to i don't want to be groveling or like begging or like you know like feeling like i'm like 
constantly contacting him. It's like, you know, it's like in the end, like if he wanted to put out the EP enough, right? Yeah. Like he would have done it, right? Right. And so it's like, cool. Like, like I'm not going to like continuously hit you up. No, you want to be, you want to go back to the lab. You want to do some yeah. more. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. I, like I want to do something like clearly something connected with you. And I, like, I want to do something that like is going to go beyond that. So anyway, so, but anyway, so we moved here. And I didn't know. We're walking around the neighborhood. So we live in Highland Park, walking around the neighborhood. And Joe's like, hey, this is Stone Store Records. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Like, we yeah. well, like this is like two blocks. Like, we walk like two blocks. He's like, yeah, yeah Stone Store. Like, this is the gold line, the bar. Stone Store's upstairs. I was like, what? So anyway, <laughs> we hit up because we saw that the gold line, which is Stone Store's bar, they were going to start doing DJ nights. Um, and Joe DJs vinyl. And during the pandemic, he started showing me how to do it. And so we would like live stream over Instagram. And it, I just got like a ton of practice. Like we would go for like six hours at a time. Wow. And I got tons of practice doing it. I'm not, Joe's really good in like beat matching. I don't know if you ever tried beat I've matching never, on vinyl. I've never tried it. I know about it. I've seen people yeah. do it. So, you know, the idea of beat matching, right? It's like literally you have two things that are spinning, like, <laughs> like, it's vinyl, so it's not digital, so it's not, you know, there any little movement can, like, change things up a little bit. And yep. so, like, your job is to, like, make them match, and you have to use tempo control. It's, like, wild. It's very hard. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Joe's really good at it, and we saw that the Gold Line was going to start doing this. So we just hit up Peanut Butter Wolf on Instagram. We're like, hey, we're going to be putting out a single in May can we come DJ and like kind of call it like a merry single release thing fully expecting him to say no. Right. Like, no, absolutely not. And he was like, yeah, like if we're open around then sure. And we're like, what? <laughs> it's like, he it's like, he didn't even ask like, so like, do you guys like, like, like there was no question about, you know, and it's like, okay, like, yeah, sure. If you guys want to do it, cool. Okay. So, we ended up going before one day before the thing was booked went and met him um because he was there he's like there a lot and we went there and, and met him and which was cool to like get to say hi and then it was like hey we're the guys from king perry and like took him a second you know at first it was like oh he doesn't even know who we are like this is <laughs> super embarrassing <laughs> and then he realized who we were and then it was like you know and he's like a little hard to read but like now i know him better so it's like chill but like you know so it's like oh okay cool 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 and then anyway so we ended up doing the dj night and um he was there he like showed up and then he was like he came up and was like hey like i want to hear you guys on the system it's like what like oh he wants us to play king perry and so i put on come inside and he came running over he's like he's like this cool but like i want to hear that other stuff and i was like Oh, he wants to hear Sunshine. Yeah. So I put on Sunshine and he came running over. He's like, this is my shit. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Yes. Like, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, what? Like, what? And so he's like, yeah, like, this is it. He's like, I need one of these. So like we gave him one and like left one for the bar. And anyway, so like we spun the whole night and it was like killer. Like the bar was packed. This was like end of May. And so like, you know, everyone had gotten, like, everyone was starting to get vaccinated. Yep, this yep. is, like, when, like, everyone felt invincible. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, like, we can do normal stuff. And so, 
anyway so we did this night and it was killer like popping like so like sick one of the funnest nights of my life like for sure wow and at the gold line so anyway did this i didn't know that so this is my first time djing vinyl in public ever come to find out that people turn down spinning records at the gold line because they're scared people who are like legitimate djs are <laughs> too intimidated. scared to dj there wow and i was like i don't know like I, like it was so much better that i went in, into it like i don't know like yeah, yeah. Just, and it's been the other thing is like he has his coll- like part of his collection peanut butter rolls collection is in the bar so you spin his records which i was also terrified about because i was like i don't know if i'm gonna know any of this stuff but it actually makes it way cooler because it's like everything's color like color number coordinated yep. so you like pick through and you just like look at a record and you're like oh this is like world music this seems sick and you like put it on and you cue everything before you play it and you just find something that's like ev- obviously everything in there is going to be fire and so like right yeah anyway but um that's cool yeah but now so we've done that now i've done that probably four or five times joe's done it more times than i have yep. um and yeah so it's like not only so it's like we moved here and then within like a couple few months like got super connected with peanut butter wolf yep. who's the head, like or and like everyone at stone's throw right which outside of emails or whatever phone calls maybe could not have happened right ever in minneapolis yep. and like within months that's happening um and then like yeah like peanut butter wolf's doing a remix of one of our songs wow. we went to the studio hung out with him no shit uh Man, he was telling us awesome. stories about like mf doom and dilla and like wow so we went yeah went over to the studio hung out with him um and yeah and now it's like the full length is getting close to being done and like pretty close to a spot where like i want to show it to him and like you know wh- you know, and like i think he's really going to connect with it but whether or not he ends up putting it out um like I feel like we're in a position now where it's like now we're friends with everybody over there. Yep. And like friends with other people at other labels and like, you know, it's like like I feel like things have progressed in a larger scale sense. Yeah. Exponentially too. Exponentially faster. Yeah. Than they did in Minneapolis. Right. And like and again, like, you know, like so many cool things and an awesome like things locally to Minneapolis that I did in Minneapolis. Um, but like thinking like bigger scale, it's like now we have a booking agent who's an awesome booking agent who is this dude, Jonathan Matson, who is in this band called the Matson two. Um, and he's a, so he's a professional musician who makes music. That's very similar to ours. He's from San Diego. He loves our music and he's our booking agent now. So it's like, like, and now he's on a big agency. Like he he got us a couple, like a month and a half before he joined this big agency. And wow. so now it's like, and he's like throwing us tons of dates now. And it's mm-hmm. like, again, like that just isn't the infrastructure or like right. the relationships between people. Right. Um, and yeah. And obviously it's like a crazy time. Like we moved, when we moved, it was right before the huge peak in LA mm-hmm. in COVID. And, um, so not everything was shut down, like completely shut down basically for like three months. So that was weird. 
You know, it's like, yep. we moved here, but it was weird, but cool. Cause it was like, we got to know the neighborhood and it didn't feel like we were in a huge, massive city. It was like, we weren't exploring so much. It was like, we just kind of walk around the neighborhood, got to know people in the neighborhood. Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's been a trip. It's been a trip being here. Mm. Um, so you, men- you awesome. mentioned a full length, like, you know, just to wrap it up a little bit. Uh, what, what can we expect? Uh, with, with a full-length record from King Perry, uh, what do you guys, you know, like, I guess, is it the same k- type of stuff that you have on the Mary EP? Are you doing something different? Are you taking, you know, things that you're learning from record label owners who've given you feedback and trying to incorporate some of that in this new music? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the full-length, is it's a combination of things. There's a lot. So there, on the full-length, there is more rock psych rock there's like (laughs) there's one song okay there's more rock and then like a lot of minneapolis like some of it's like minneapolis sound rock yeah like all of it is minneapolis sound rock like it's like funk but with joe like just like opening up a lot more cool on a couple things um and then yeah some stuff that's just like straight up funky everything it's the king perry thing is like everything is like it's always something that's like a little weird you know like something that's like a little like like because the thing like joe doesn't he's not when he's creating he's not thinking theoretically at all he's just like go like he plugs in and goes and like then i sit down after the fact and i'll like figure out what is going on and i'm like dude some of this stuff is like wild like if you really analyze what's going on it's like dude like wild like i'm like like coming up with melodies you know and i'm like what's why am i having a heart i'm like oh yeah because like he has like this ostinato thing happening you know at the same time that this other thing is happening and they sound like they work together but like creating melodies over this is like wild right so it's like so anyway there's a lot of that and then like yeah like I'd say like sonically, it feels like a, a a progression, which is cool. Like there's some stuff that sounds pretty similar, but overall it's like, even though it's all still lo-fi, I feel like it's like a little more like, like there's a lot more low end on some yeah. of this stuff, like thick stuff, which makes sense for what it is. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, but all like funky, weird, fun, like, yeah, yeah. I'm super stoked. Like cool. some of the stuff I'm like, this is the best music i've ever made oh man that's exciting um yeah so if so. people listening want to find king perry where's the best place uh yeah so uh instagram where that's like where we post update most of the things on instagram um tiktok you know come at us find us on tiktok you know <laughs> we're out there uh we don't have a twitter yeah just don't i deleted don't mine. have one yeah don't have the time or something uh <laughs> and you can yeah facebook too but we don't post on facebook so pretty much instagram uh and then youtube right and um because you have all yeah. all those animations for all those all, are you doing videos for every song on the lo- full length too uh probably not for every song and we're not going to do animations this time okay um we're going to do yeah we want to like switch we want to switch some of that stuff up that was all very fun and like felt like a world like it was like a package and like a world that it was put in yep and the new stuff is like we have like immediate ideas for like music videos and like have real people 
and cool. then, but um, yeah and then you know like streaming all that streaming spot like Spotify uh, Apple Music Deezer Napster Deezer. get on that Napster uh, wait no don't get on yeah. Napster <laughs> don't torrent the music yeah well thanks man this was super awesome it's great to great to hear from you and and uh and learn about what you're doing and i think this i think people get a lot out of this conversation this is really cool to hear how you've been interfacing with with labels and the scene in la and i'm i'm really happy that you got all that going on man it's really cool yeah thank you dude thank yeah, you man great talking to you yep yeah.